0: The reviews are in and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And I'm starting with the stupid headline of the week. (laughs) Um, Wow. Ryan Gosling is bringing major Ken energy to Barbie film. And I'm sorry. That is a stupid headline because what exactly is Ken energy? (laughs) Ken is a small plastic doll.
1: It has no energy.
0: It's
1: plastic. He's being very plastic. Uh, yeah, that's hmm. – I, I, hopefully it will be a fun movie. I'm not at all sure if I'm going to watch it because you would think they're going to do some inter- interesting riffs on it. I mean considering they've got Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling in there, but uh, just, just, just an odd concept because it doesn't sound like the target audience is going to be – Little girls playing with Barbie, because why would they cast those people? Why would they have live action to begin with? I don't yeah, know.
0: I mean, they've done a bajillion CG Barbie movies that are aimed for kids.
1: Right. I just It's a weird thing to do. It's a very weird thing to do.
0: <laughs> I know that but, because I have three daughters. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Barbie, Barbie.
0: No, I'm not reviewing them. Anyway, uh, more Ryan Gosling news because – It's been such a busy week. Um, Last week, we found out that he might be trying out for the Nova character in Marvel. Nope. He says he wants to be Ghost Rider. And my only thing with this is Ghost Rider is supposed to be in his 20s. Yeah. Neither Ryan Gosling nor Nick Cage are in their 20s.
1: And I can't recall the actor's name, but the one who played him in... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a great job. I thought so. And there are more than one versions of Ghost Rider in the comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. But bring back the guy who played Robbie Reyes because he was great. That that worked. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't – I don't – and the the thing is, it's like Marvel for the leads, you know, how often do they go with big-name stars? They typically really don't. They become big-name stars. I mean, RDJ was, of course, extremely well-known, but for a lot of the wrong reasons before Iron Man. Right. You know, Chris Hemsworth, he'd been around. Chris Evans, obviously, you know, he'd he'd been in several films. But not many of these people broke out into, like, huge stardom until after the Marvel role. So I don't really see that particularly happening.
0: Well, <clears throat> there's another one that goes with it. Uh, Jamie Dornan is allegedly right. joining the Fantastic Four cast, according to the Giant Freakin' Robot website, yeah. uh, possibly as Reed Richards, but they say it's more likely to be Johnny Storm, who, <clears throat> and according to this article, here's a quote, has consistently been portrayed as rakishly handsome and blonde.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I
0: by saw. consistently, they mean one of the two actors. Um Michael B. Jordan <laughs> is rakishly handsome. Fine, yeah. not not exactly blonde. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure Chris Evans was really that blonde either.
1: Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I well, I read I read the same thing, and uh, consistently, I'm thinking of like the comic books. I mean, Chris Evans is blonde, but a uh, much darker blonde than Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> not, not quite blonde, although he could be. Um, yeah, it's. I can see I can see him playing Flash, Flash, geez, uh, Johnny's Johnny, much easier than I can see him playing Reed Richards. That just doesn't fit. Yeah. At all. But and, you know, that's a case of a bigger name. Well, you know, they they pulled in Benedict Cumberbatch, who's higher profile than some of the other people. And now they're getting Charlize Theron to play his sometimes wife in the next version of Doctor Strange. but
0: I'm, yeah, I'll but be honest, I don't particularly care for that casting, but that might just be me.
1: So, yeah, we'll see. And we'll also see if it's true, because a lot of websites put out a lot of stuff that turns out not to be true later. And not that they're making it up, it's just rumors flash up, and, and sometimes people think they're legitimately reporting what's true, and it turns out that it's not.
0: So Hey, sometimes even big-name people go, oh, retraction
1: yeah, after exactly. everyone
0: else has done it. And you kind of go, oh, thank you, CNN. <laughs> I, I'm saying that on purpose. I, I, uh, I actually won my journalism award. Yes, I've got one. And it uh, was a story where it did have an error in it because I reported on something that CNN, ESPN, the Associated Press, UPI, all reported it is happening. And... About 10 minutes after my story aired, they printed a retraction that said, nope, didn't happen. (laughs) You pricks.
1: (laughs) So fun. So fun.
0: Anyway, meanwhile, back at the Marvel stuff, uh, we get the first picture of Ironheart from the Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, Well, actually, it's a T-shirt for that. And I got to have a complaint here. Not that there that Ironheart exists or anything, but it's a it's an Iron Man suit that has no helmet, and I'm reminded of a uh, a Ron White stand up bit <laughs> about you know I can see his head. Shoot him in the head, you know. <laughs> if you're going to have an Iron Man suit, put on a helmet.
1: Yeah, Ironheart will have a helmet. I'm sure. Okay. it's just like because it would be really bizarre. If not, because Ironheart's always had a helmet, but just like Tony sometimes was like, oh, you can see his face. And I don't mean because of the cameras is like sometimes he would just like, oh, I need to walk around with my head showing for weird, random moments. So hopefully that's all it is. So
0: actually, I want to I want to throw this out real quick, which is not Marvel related, but we'll go right back to Marvel. Don't panic. Um, I saw a trailer this week from the new Rob Zombie film. Which unfortunately is the monsters. Yeah, that didn't that didn't age well. Actually, I'm not sure it was all that good to begin with. Um,
1: did, did you funny. see
0: this? And are you as
1: it horrified
0: by it and not in a good way?
1: It was funny in the it was funny in the '60s for all the two seasons it lasted. There's a reason it only lasted two seasons because I mean it was funny, it was good, but it's of that time period and the fact that. You know, he shoehorns his wife into it because she's not a particularly capable actress, and she's been in virtually everything over and over and over. And and it's like, uh, no, why on earth would you cast her as Lily Munster? Why wouldn't you get, I don't know. I almost said a professional actress, but she does get paid for her her work, but probably shouldn't. The casting just looks freaking awful. I've not watched the trailer because... In the first place, has Rob Zombie made an actually good movie? I don't mean a film, but I mean a good movie. I've seen The Devil's Rejects. I've seen the sequels. The sequel, I should say. I've seen House of a Thousand Maniacs or whichever one it is. You know, it's just, they're okay, but that's all they are at best. And how on earth anyone said, yeah, let's give the monsters to him? They clearly didn't think there was much value in in the franchise.
0: I hope it doesn't become a franchise. I hope it's a one done and never have to see it again thing.
1: I cannot imagine that it being all that. And of course, it'll be a billion dollars. But it's I, I can't imagine it being all that successful just because this is not the right guide to take that property. And. Just the still photos I've seen Yes, still photos as in moving images Just doesn't even look right there like, ugh, No thanks no,
0: no, it's it's not
1: good I mean, he's done two Halloween movies And they both sucked <laughs> So what makes you think He would do anything good with the monsters? Uh, I don't know Just absolutely bizarre
0: Yeah, it makes no sense to me so let, Let's go back to Marvel Miss yes. uh, Marvel, how's Miss Marvel sound?
1: Ms. Marvel, indeed. Uh, personally, I think it sounds wonderful. And we talked a little bit about review bombing, and last week is just how people who are little incels are butthurt because oh no, the woman is strong. It's like yeah, actually happens in real life too, and I think that's why they're they're terrified by it. Um, I didn't check today, but two days ago, I know Ms. Marvel had a 98 score on Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> Again. Doesn't mean that it's 98 out of 100, it means 98% of critics recommended it. Maybe they only barely recommended it, right? But virtually all the critics really enjoy this. And like the user rating IMDb is just 6.2. But if you could magically throw out the scared little children who are review bombing this because, oh no, it's a brown person or it's a girl, probably would be up around 8.
0: Or worse yet, a brown girl. Dum yeah.
1: yeah. and Which, of course, is a big part of the whole point of the show. In the very first episode, and if you're not aware, Ms. Marvel is about a brown girl from New Jersey who becomes a superhero. And she <gasps> literally says in the first episodes, brown girls from Jersey don't become heroes. And, of course, that's exactly what she does. So a lot of the fun of this is that the character, Kamala Khan, is a major Marvel fangirl of all Marvel stuff, but especially, duh, Captain Marvel. That's her That's her role model. She wants to be just like Carol Danvers. And it starts out that they are at an Avengers con, which is a, such a cool event that apparently Disney Marvel is thinking of actually doing an Avengers con now as opposed to, you know, you know something strictly just for the Avengers, which is pretty funny. But. And you know she gradually, eventually gets her powers. And some people were irritated that oh her power set was changed. It's like, is it really that big a difference? You know <laughs> that's not. You know, it's not vast. It's not like a. She, they turned her into the Human Torch or something. I mean she still had a very similar power set. And one of her comic powers does come up in the last episode, which is episode six. So calm down, people. It's it's not about like all of the Disney series they're not about the comic book the stuff that you see they're about family or they're about redemption you know they 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 all deal with bigger themes and this is all about family and it's so well done one of the things i really love about this show which again has nothing to do with the comic book aspect and there's plenty of it especially in the final episode is it shows, it gives a nice slice of life of of what life would be like, or is, not would be, but is like for a young Muslim woman in America. And it's not like, oh, wow, look at this weird stuff they do. They just do it. And you just go along with it. No, like they go to mosque. It's like, oh, okay, so that's what it's like. It's never done like, well, first we're going to show you how this happens. They just show it. Just like it's a Ordinary life because it is And it's so So well done I was telling a friend of mine It's like this show would be great If she had no superpowers and it was just About the relationships with her Friends and her family and all the rest Of it I mean there's Nice dramatic moments Throughout there's a lot of humor Yes there's a lot of comic book Fighting action Throughout the show Especially in the final episode It also talks about the partition of creating Pakistan, and it's so well done. It doesn't present that either side was wrong. It's just it happened, and it was tragic. Still is, and it still affects people's lives. Uh, Geez, almost what seventy-five years later, and it's it's just fascinating to see this approach. And just really opening up a whole new world to culture that usually doesn't get a whole lot of exposure unless it's, oh, look, they're terrorists. I mean that's typically what you always see. And as I had a discussion with a former school friend, like, cause he's like super anti-Muslim, although he knows a couple guys that are OK. They're actually really nice. And it's like, Do you, <laughs> did it ever occur to you that if, if they were all terrorists, there's, there's a billion of them. And do you think everything would just be OK if that was the case? It's like, are you that stupid? So, you know, this yeah. – it, it, it's wonderful to see this Muslim family, this Muslim girl portrayed as a person. And you just go along for the ride and, and they never point out as like, well, this is how this this It's just – It happens. And you learn how things happen as it goes along. As far as the comic book aspect, it's great. Yes, they have changed some of the background. They changed how she got her powers. But it really, really works very, very well. It makes it really fit into the MCU. And yes, there is a mid-credit scene in episode six, which you really, really need to see. Because it's very fun. It's very cool. And it sets up the Marvels movie. It's... This is – I know I've made it sound like it's a really serious undertaking, and in some ways it is, but it's really, really fun. I don't know if it's my favorite Marvels Marvel series on Disney+, Plus because it's really hard to say, well, I like it better than WandaVision or I like it better than Loki, but I might. It's certainly – I don't know. In a, In a lot of ways, it is the best one that they've come out with. Because there's so much story to it, there's so much emotional content to this that you don't typically get in a superhero series at all. It's just really well done, and the effects look great, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> the young actress, Iman uh, I'm Velana, I believe, and I know I just told her, uh, Iman Valani, she, she is freaking awesome, and it turns out she is a huge Marvel fangirl like crazy and she would like once she got the role she's writing feige and saying well i don't know about this it's like why did we do this in this movie she's talking about you know basically the entire mcu and giving him (laughs) critiques and he's like yeah okay I, i can see that and he's just kind of rolling along with it um but she is really really good she's like crazy adorable which doesn't hurt um one thing I really, really enjoyed in the casting is there's a young actress who plays her best friend, and I don't know how to say it other than to say that she's – I just have to say I think she's more attractive than the, ca- the actress who plays Ms. Marvel herself, Kamala. But that's okay, and actually it's great because it makes her more of she's just an ordinary girl. As opposed to, you know, she has these stunning looks. And I'm not saying she's not cute. She is cute, but she's also like 17. You know, so let's not get crazy with it. But I'm saying she doesn't. She looks like just an average person, basically, as opposed to supergirls have to have a certain look and all the rest of it. She doesn't, which is one of the very charming things about the whole thing. She looks like every girl who happens to be. A brown girl, which is, is really, really cool. So Ms. Marvel is just a terrific, terrific series. Really well done. All the actors are terrific. But the, the things that stand out for me more are the family relationships in this than the action. And the action is great, but it, it's just the relationships that she has within her family and her friends that make it so, so good.
0: See, you did this great big review of Miss Marvel, the new DC animated movie, which should be really good. I've got maybe a paragraph. That's about it. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Oh, geez. Yeah, Miss Marvel is really good. And you know what? The new DC animated movie, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, is it's not bad. Uh, Basically, it is a an origin story for the John Stewart variant of Green Lantern. No, not the guy from the Daily Show. <laughs> God, um, <knew. laughs> John Stewart, uh, black guy, because that becomes uh, that becomes an issue with this. With I, I guess, similar similarly to Miss Marvel, with uh, how black people are treated in America still, which is <laughs> I, I, I I don't get that. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it deals with that. It deals a lot with uh, the PTSD from him being a Marine sniper. Um, but he becomes a he, he comes across a Green Lantern, uh, one of the Guardians who gives him a ring. But then the Guardian dies. Oh, and so he ends up meeting the Justice League who take him to. Well, actually, it's just Green Arrow who takes him to Oa because, yeah, let's just ta- send Green Arrow by himself. Hmm. Into space. <laughs> that that sounds like a good idea.
1: That <laughs> does not, actually. You're right. Uh,
0: <laughs> they take him to Oa, where the Green Lantern Corps is, and all the Guardians are dead. Most of the Green Lanterns are dead. And they were all killed by the Ronians. No, wait, it's the Thanagarians. No, wait, it's Sinestro. <gasps> wait, it's Kaiser Soze. Holy crap, can you just pick somebody? Anyway, no, That's that's actually the point of this. It's a good mystery story. Like you don't really expect in a in a Green Lantern sci-fi thing, it, it's a mystery right. thing. Look at all these people who are dead. Who did it? And you, <clears throat> we get uh, guest people in it. I guess uh, Adam Strange is in it. Hulk Girl is in it. Like I said, Green Arrow is there. Um, and it turns out to just be a good mystery story that shows John Stewart learning how to figure out how to work the ring. And I'm I'm going to recommend it, even though the the animation is fine because that's all done by computer now. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the art is a bit different than what we're used to. It's not horrible. I mean, you know, it's not like it's done in crayon or something. It's just not up to the standard that we've kind of grown accustomed to. But you know what? It's a. It actually is. It's a really good story. I'm going to recommend it. Comes out tomorrow on uh, HBO Max, actually. Woohoo. See? Short, sweet, kind of. It's not necessarily for kids, for there is a considerable amount of blood and dismemberment in this film.
1: <clears throat> Yay! We love blood and dismemberment both. Yay! Ah! <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Very cool. It's, uh, that's strange, unless I'm mistaken, which would never be the, probably not the first time today, um, Aldous Hodge voices Jon Stewart, which is cool, but isn't he going to be, yes, he's playing Hawkman in the Black Adam movie, the live action thing, so, kind of weird. I,
0: I'll admit, didn't
1: notice. Yeah, weird. Because I saw, oh, he's playing Hawkman. It's like, wait, Hawkman's not in this. Hot Girl's in this. I don't think he's playing Hot Girl's voice because that would be really bizarre. That that would be a bit <laughs> weird. That would be really weird. Cool. I am looking forward to it because I love the John Stewart iteration of of, Lan- of Green Lantern. So
0: I think you'll enjoy very,
1: this. Very cool. It's the good stuff for sure.
0: See, I was going to make a comment about how this Green Lantern ring is not actually like the Alan Stewart one, which is magic-based, which would be a a segue to the David Copperfield thing you've got. But uh, I've got the wrong David Copperfield.
1: <laughs> it's the wrong David Copperfield. Yes, yeah, so just last evening I watched – this movie actually came out a couple of years ago, uh, <clears throat> three years ago because this is 2022 – the personal history of David Copperfield. And – it's a very different take on Dickens. Uh, as a review, one review reviewer wrote that this was their favorite version of any Dickens film, and there's probably been over a hundred, seriously, uh, done because typically they're all rather dark and gloomy because that's that's Dickens. Yeah, have steel. you read Dickens? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this one is not. This, although it does deal with some difficult. Situations for Mr. David Copperfield and it does deal with uh, eh, typical Dickens stuff. Oh, someone is going to die. Oh, someone's going to die. Oh, someone's going to be impoverished because it's Dickens. It does it in a bright, exuberant way, which almost seems impossible, but it is Um, one of the fun things. It says it's a modern take on his classic tale, and that makes you think that they've changed the setting to today. They have not. The modern take, though, is that they recast a lot of the characters, so it's a very diverse cast. For instance, David Copperfield is played by Dev Patel, Dev Patel being not what you would think of as a typical white British Dickens character because he's not. No. it's, but it's such a good film, and it just it takes the story of the young man who goes through the typical travails of almost any Dickens character. It's like he winds up and then he's orphaned, and then this happens, and this terrible thing happens, and then he has this kindly person who takes care of him for a little while, but then that situation changes. It's Dickens, so just other you know other than a Christmas Carol, basically it's every Dickens story ever written. I mean it's pretty much what he always does, right? And I'm not maligning Dickens. Dickens is great. But that's kind of what happens. But in this, it's everything has a positive spin to it because Copperfield won't allow it to have a negative connotation, basically. So it's this it's a it's it's the least Dickensian Dickens story ever, which is pretty cool, actually. Pretty cool. Terrific cast, Dev Patel, of course, Hugh Laurie. Some people may think him as the curmudgeon House from the TV series that was on for ten thousand years, or a bit of Hugh 15. and Laurie. The, that's a hell of a long time. Our bit of Hugh and Laurie, where you know he was the kind of acid-tongued comic wit, which kind of fits him. Very different role for him in this, because um, he's he's an actor, because he doesn't have to play that kind of character and everything. Peter Capaldi, Tilda Swinton. Those are just the bigger names. I mean, it's just a really, really good cast. It's really well done. And the fact that, again, that a lot of the characters that you're used to seeing as white upper-crest Brits are not makes it all the better. Uh, it's it's fun in many ways, which, again, not what you would expect from a, a Dickens story. And, and, again, all the gloomy aspects are there. But... It's just that the approach to the material makes, it makes a world of difference. It's really, really <clears throat> entertaining, really good. Very interesting premise because it starts off with Dev Patel as, of course, young David Copperfield in an auditorium telling this huge audience his life and then proceeds to show his life. And he'll pop up in a few scenes like when he's born and there he is watching this scene when he was born, which is kind of interesting. And concludes with that same thing, and he winds up and is like, sin, that's my tale, blah, blah, blah. But it's so well done. If you've seen The Death of Stalin, which – a comedy about the death of, yes, Stalin. It's a dark comedy to be sure, but it's really, really funny. Same director, Armando Iannucci. So if you've seen The Death of Stalin, you know that was a really weird film. So you can understand how this is – pretty out there too but terrific work dev patel is like ridiculously awesome i mean i've not seen him in anything where he wasn't just like i don't know terrific magnificent whatever you want to say but he has been absolutely great ever since slumdog millionaire and i'm sure long before that but that's the first time i saw him so anyway and if i end an excellent key role in chappie which I think I might be one of three people in the world who like Chappie, but Chappie is so fun. Anyway, (laughs) The Personal History of David Copperfield, highly recommended, highly recommended. It is currently on, I don't know, oh, I'm sorry, HBO Max. There you go. So we have two things that you can watch on HBO Max for sure.
0: I'm sure there's going to be a third as soon as this leaves theaters.
1: But,
0: but, you know, we've got three things so far that that we liked. Yes, indeed. And then there's Jurassic Park Dominion. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) We watch movies, so you don't have to. And I'm going to recommend, anyway. Jurassic Park Dominion, now in theaters. uh, It does start with a nice recap of the first movies, which is great, because after the first one, quite frankly, they all blurred together in my head. Um, And then it goes to this opening sequence that has the logo, but not the name of this particular movie. And by the time we get there, I'd kind of forgotten what this one was called. It's Dominion. Oh, number six. Thanks. Glad we put that on the screen anyway. If you remember, in our previous episode, all the dinosaurs are now scattered all over the world. And in the U.S., the government has granted biosyn... Corporation with a Y in it for sin, although I'm sure there's really an I as a mm-hmm. subtle what the corporation's gonna do bad things anyway. Biosyn has been granted sole dinosaur poaching rights. I thought poaching was illegal anyway, but now they're allowed to, so sure. Anyway, our first shot of Chris Pratt's character looks a lot like Star, Star Lord is rescuing a dinosaur that looks like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Because Disney. Um, And the reason I brought up the Jar Jar dinosaur is because not only does Jar Jar look like he makes an appearance in this, I swear there's some Pokemon thrown in this movie. Because I'm like, I'm looking at some of these going, I don't remember a a dinosaur looking like that, but I think I caught one in Pokemon Go last week. (laughs) Anyway. BioSyn has developed synthetic seeds that prevent dinos from eating crops. <gasps> what? They're the bad guys? No, can't be. Um and they do it by sending out genetically modified locust. Oh, good. <laughs> well, oh, by the way, when this locust pop up, you'll notice the CGI is not quite up to par as the other movies. Cuz they've not made enough money. What? Anyway, <clears throat> If you remember Jurassic Park five, you'll also know that there is a little clone girl whose name I can't be bothered to remember uh, from, and she was kidnapped from star Lord and the redhead. Yeah. I don't remember the names. That's how memorable these characters are. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> we now go to Sam Neill and the woman from the first trilogy again. Sorry. You should have made more memorable characters. Uh, They've discovered the locust thing, so they go to Biosyn to try to figure out, you know, get evidence against it when they meet Jeff Goldblum, who works there. How convenient. And he gives them a key to the locust room so they can get proof. But it turns out that Biosyn are the people who kidnapped the girl from Star-Lord and the Redhead. So guess who runs into each other? Yes, it's Sam Neill and what's her name and Clone Girl. And oh, look, it's Star-Lord and the Redhead. They're there to rescue the Clone Girl. So they join in and... I'm tired already. (laughs) So anyway, I'll be honest. I I really hope this wraps up the Jurassic movie series because it's just, it's gotten old. If nothing else, I cannot do another movie with Claire. And apparently, yes, the redhead has a name, and you kind of learn it through this movie because they yell it at her enough. Uh, Claire is... I'm not knocking the actress. It's the way she's written. She's fairly useless. Um, I mean, she's book smart and she means well, but she's naive as hell and just just useless because people spend the whole movie going. All right, Claire, this is going to happen. And she goes, oh, my God, it's going to kill me. And then we're going to do these other things. And we're going to go over here and do this. And it's going to kill me. I'm like, Claire, you have been in what? Two more Jurassic movies before this. How the hell do you not know this is going to happen to you? (laughs) Have you not caught on to the plot yet? And this is when I realized that she's really Daphne from Scooby-Doo grown up. There for the sole purpose of getting kidnapped. And yes, there are several danger-prone Daphne does it again moments in this movie. It's... Jeez, it's tiring to watch. Anyway, because of writing, uh, at the end of the movie, not much of a spoiler here. I'm not going to tell you who wins this, but three dinosaurs get into a fight and all the humans have to scatter around and avoid the dinosaurs. But it's framed like we're supposed to be cheering for one of the dinosaurs, except I can't tell which one. And none of them were really in the movie until this point. So I'm not really sure what we're supposed to do with that. The writing in this movie is really sloppy. Um, For example, they go out of their way to mention that Biosyn has one of Elon Musk's Hyperloop trains. Now, if you've been reading about the Hyperloop train, like I think everybody has, they're supposed to go up to around 400 miles an hour.
1: Yeah.
0: But in this movie, they are in the train and they mention this. They're in the train for ten minutes as it's going along, and it goes maybe three or four miles. <laughs> what? No. You you've you know, if you're gonna make a mention of something that goes that damn fast, at least make it go somewhere. Or have them that. all right, get in, sit down, bing, we're there. What? Really? Wow, that was fast. No, they don't do it. That's, anyway, this yeah. is a very popcorn film. You're, you'll have no problem you know, just popping popcorn and eating it as this movie goes along because you're not really going to have to pay attention to a whole lot. It's it's not a horrible film, but it's, it's not spectacular either. It's just kind of, oh, it's a Jurassic film. There were dinosaurs and Pokemon and Jar Jar. That's my take of this movie. Wait till it comes home. I'm fairly certain it actually is coming to HBO Max. Um, It's just. Jeez, it's not good.
1: Ah, so it's not not good. It's not good.
0: It's not it's it's not not good. It's (laughs) not good. Or not, not, not good. good. And two of them cancel each other out. So leaving just the not good.
1: That's just how things go sometimes. It's well, like like Thor: Love and Thunder, which I enjoyed, which was fun, but could have been much better. And it yeah. sounds like this is not even at that point. For instance, on Metacritic, which is a much better source of getting actual picture of at least how critics view it, got a 38 out of 100, which means
0: I'll be honest, they, I'm surprised it got that much.
1: Which means it ain't good. Uh, it's not good. It, the user score is just 5.2. And of course, yeah, it could be review bombed, but I don't know why they would review bomb this because the cast is all white. So there's not much reason.
0: <laughs> I was going to mention that. Um, yeah. we, we talked about yeah. Miss Marvel.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not Pearl, all and white.
0: John Stewart, which is a black right. guy. And David Copperfield is uh, Indian Miss Indian. And yeah. every, there is one non-white person in this film. Right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two.
1: Which, of course, that's not necessarily a terrible thing because that could happen. But that's one of the reasons why I really appreciated David Copperfield because it reflects how the world looks and how the world looked then. Yeah. There were were plenty of people from other countries, other ethnicities in England in the 1840s, 1830s, 1820s, whenever Copperfield is set. So – I appreciated the fact that, because it doesn't really change anything about what happens. But it's a more accurate representation, makes it more interesting, makes it more fun. Yeah, I'm sad because I do, you know, the thing is, I've liked the Jurassic films for the most part, but the only two that I really like are the first one and the third one. And I like that one, but don't really like it. You know, it's like, ah, that was fun. But all the ones with Chris Pratt are just kind of like, eh, they're not bad. They're entertaining, but I mean, you just get this diminishing returns with 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 these films, sadly. And yeah, and it always, 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 always comes down to the writing, because it that's does. if you don't have a good script, not a whole lot you can do. Sad to hear because I was looking forward to this, but you know, I mean, wanna, you
0: can still look forward to it, and maybe you'll see something in it I didn't.
1: I doubt it. I mean, uh, we'll see, but I mean, that's I've, that's heard right. <laughs> I've heard the same thing. Pretty much everybody have heard the same thing. Like our, our, our mutual friend, Lee. Hi, Lee. We didn't talk about that in Free pro. Hi, Ted. Hi, Ted. Uh, saw it yesterday, and he said he was going to let me know how it was, and or maybe if he's going to see it today. I think actually he's going to see it today, which explains why he didn't say how it went. Unless, of course, it was so hideous. It was just like, yeah, I'm not going to bother. It's not worth the effort of texting about it. But
0: quite honestly, he could have just fallen asleep during it. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe. Anyway,
0: yeah.
1: we, wound up, we wound up with some good stuff to watch.
0: You yeah, uh, just not that one. one. So basically what we've got here are a film in theater, which we're not going to recommend, but three things at home, which is actually a good idea because COVID, the new one, you know, the uh, what is it, B19 or whatever the new COVID <laughs> is called, <laughs> uh, is apparently very virulent Uh, Start wearing your mask again. I'm quite serious about this, even if you are vaccinated. Right. Um, So you know, yeah, if you have to go out, wear a mask. Otherwise, hey, look, here's three movies. Stay home and watch one of them.
1: Captain, we're losing power in the warp engine.
0: I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed.
1: Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dorn, that's the end.